Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. All righty. Welcome back, everyone, for another great episode of the Smart Retirement Podcast. This is your co-host, Mike Points, with Central Coast Lending. And this is Matt Hollander with Century Financial. Posting our show on Super Tuesday, Matt. It's March 3rd, just like that. Kaboom. Where is this year going? I feel like it was just January. <laughs> our parents warned us about this, right? Um, I'm now, I'm going to be 40 in October, and I can attest that there is, without question, time goes faster the older you get. That's probably, uh, it, you know, it's, there's a funny saying out there, and I was in New York with my dad, and we were standing in line for something, and the gentleman looks over at uh, probably. And uh, the gentleman looks over at my dad and I, he says, you know, isn't it funny how much smarter your dad gets as he gets older? And I'm like, or as I get older, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it is because everything becomes so much more real. And, uh, you know, I think that you're, that's just a testament to that as, as we're getting older, we time just goes by faster. That's totally true. It goes by faster. Um, you know, things this year, I think are going to continue to, um, keep our listeners interested things on the, the top of the interest list, I think is the, the election. You know, I think the, obviously the market volatility of this year is last year we talked about market volatility and it was like, yeah, pff, whatever guys we're in, we're in cruise control on I five going down the diamond lane. But this year volatility is, is much more present. Um, and with regards to like actual market movement, so the volatility of the market elections, also, we got taxes coming up soon. They're due. Um, you listeners know that. Those of you that have already filed and gotten your refund back, congratulations. Those of you that are self-employed, you're usually about this time saying, all right, we better get in there and do the dreaded filing and see if we need to extend or you know, complete this and, and write a check to Uncle Sam. So it's all these things- say- it's funny you say that. I was actually in the office today putting the filing folder together with all the 1099s and everything. So that's that's quite right up the alley. <laughs> I think those that self-prepare and are like pretty simple, straightforward, you know, they get that thing done on like February 1st. Yep. They're ready to get their money back. For us, it's like, well, I shouldn't say us. For myself, when March hits, it's like, okay, I got to, I really have to face this dragon now. How much is this tax bill going to be? Um, and have I appropriately set up my tax efficiency, things like HSA, things like, um, you know, uh, life insurance, uh, universal life, um, premiums, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but mostly exciting for me and, and, and really the rest of our listeners, you know, this is part three of our three part series. Um, seen a lot of traffic online, a lot of people downloading the series. So I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. Um, Still one of our most frequently um, downloaded episodes is the mistakes not to make in retirement. So, you know, if if you're listening to this for the first time, we have a great library of episodes. Um, Go to smartretirementpodcast.com. You can click episodes once you get to the homepage. Um, If you're savvy, you can just do smartretirementpodcast.com forward slash episodes. It'll get you right there. You can also listen to any of our episodes on anywhere you podcast. So, you know, Stitcher, um, Apple, iPodcasts, um, any of those out there. We're on almost all of them, I would think. Right, Matt? Yep. iHeartRadio, Spotify, and the list just goes on and on. So that's uh, yeah. definitely fortunate for that. 
And soon enough, less than 10 days, I'll be out there with you, my buddy. We'll be watching spring training together. Well, and I'm hoping this weather clears up. Uh, we've definitely got the little spring showers going on out here in uh, Arizona right now. It's as we're recording. I mean, it's just torrential downpour. It's pretty crazy. But really? uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, it clears up. First day of uh, spring training got rained out out here, uh, I guess, last Saturday. So Mother Nature has been a little interesting. Uh, yeah. End of February, beginning of March. But that's usually pretty typical. Once you yeah. get out here, it'll probably be in the high 70s, low 80s and be perfect baseball weather. So, Right, right. Well, we promise you we won't bore you or should I say um, make you anxious talking about more coronavirus news. You're getting plenty of that from your local news source and CNN, Fox News, National News. Um, it is a tragedy, but what we want to do is get right into our questions today. Um, and then Matt, why don't I ask you first, I've got a, a general, a listener here from Chicago that listened to one of our episodes and heard you mention the safe act, the secure, act? secure excuse me, excuse me. That's one of my acts, uh, the, secure, <laughs> the secure act. And you yeah. wanted to know a little bit more about what that is exactly. If it's something that he needs to, or any listener needs to pay attention to. Sure. So we're actually going to be doing probably sometime in April, a podcast just talking about the SECURE Act. But it was an act that was passed through Congress at the end of 19. It took effect beginning uh, January 1 of this year, 2020. And the SECURE, it sounds secure, but really what it so uh, stands for is setting every community up for Retirement Enhancement Act uh, of 2019. So it's probably the most beneficial retirement change uh, that's came out of Congress in probably the last 20 years. What really they're realizing is people are, longevity is getting longer in people's ages. People are working longer. So they're trying to create some benefits there for retirees. Hmm. So just like talking about a couple of them, if we want to talk about is as we're approaching retirement, most of us were thinking, hey, at 70 and a half, we've got to take, start taking required minimum distributions or that RMD from your traditional IRA or the 401k. And what they've done is they've actually stretched that out to age 72 now. So you've got an extra year and a half, uh, two years that you can wait to start tapping into that qualified account. Um, mm -hmm. But it also brings some setbacks in that as well, uh, as far as when people inherit that's not a spouse on that account, uh, some things that could happen there, which we're going to discuss a little bit later in the show. Um, what else? we've got people that are working part-time jobs. If they've been working over 500 hours consecutively in the last three years, uh, they now can participate in 401k plans, which I think is huge. Oh, good. Uh, being able to be a part-time employee and have the benefit of having that 401k. So they're really trying to help people put away more money for retirement. And there's some other things in there for like 529 plans and borrowing from, uh, your traditional IRAs where there was usually, you know, home purchase, things like that. You could borrow from a, a childbirth or adoption. Now you can get away from paying the 59 and a half or under 59 and a half, 10 percent penalty. So there's a few good things that are coming out of this act, but it definitely will change some ways that some of us have done some of our planning. Um, and I really do suggest that you talk with your financial advisor, talk with your attorney about how these changes could affect your retirement. As I said, towards the end of this show today, I am going to discuss some of the things that you're going to be looking for when your beneficiaries inherit these accounts. 
Uh, a lot of people defaulted to having their trust set up as their their primary beneficiary on their retirement accounts, which I will tell you now could cost you upwards of 15% or more in additional taxes of what your beneficiary is supposed to be paying. So closer to 35, 40% they could be paying in taxes rather than maybe their ordinary income bracket of 20 to 25. So things to be watching out for. Again, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more here towards the end of the show. But um, good question. Again, thanks for always writing in these questions. And again, we'll we'll touch on that in a second. But uh, Mike, I've got a question for you, unless you've got something you want to follow up with on that. I was just going to say, listeners, it's so important. Sometimes we just get going and use you know, an acronym or terminology or something that may catch your attention. You're not sure what it is. You go to Google it. You're not getting the right definition. Um, please feel free to email info at smartretirement.com with any questions, any whatsoever. We've gotten a slew of emails since we started the show. And some of the best ones are just the simplest questions that lead right into a dialogue or we just help you answer. Also, you could go to our Facebook page, um, Smart Retirement. Uh, you can search Smart Retirement on Facebook and then just answer, ask your question right there. If it's a private question, what we'll probably do is um, friend you and try to do something on Messenger so it's not back and forth dialogue about your situation. Or uh, we might just suggest that you email us individually if that's more of your cup of tea. But yeah, please keep this dialogue going. That's a big part of why Matt and I are doing this. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, feel free, listeners, you can also pick up the phone, give us a ring, 866-53-RETIRE. Uh, again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. So, Mike, I want to uh, jump into your question if sure. we can. Sure. Um, this one actually came up uh, last week. And got uh, Paul from Green Valley. And Paul and his wife took out a reverse mortgage about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And what he's concerned about and she's concerned about is with how volatile the markets are, they're worried about what the rates could do. They've got a variable rate on this reverse mortgage. And essentially, they borrowed everything they needed to, needed to from it. And they'd rather just start paying it back. So what they're trying to figure out is, yeah. does it make sense to refinance this into maybe like a 15-year uh, fixed mortgage, or should they just start paying down the principal inside the reverse mortgage? What would be the better route to, to go with that? Any thoughts? Sure. Um, so the fact that they only completed this about a year and a half ago is unfortunate in one way and nice in another. The unfortunate thing is they probably took on quite a few fees when they closed that loan about 18 months ago. So that's, that's too bad. We would analyze going forward how worth it it is to take on new fees to, um, to put you in a better or, or different situation. What I like about the way they're thinking is that a fixed rate, right now a 15-year fixed rate loan for the average individual with 30% equity and a 720 FICO score is going to see a 2.875 rate on a 15-year loan. That's going to be fixed. That's going to be phenomenal. I mean, the most of these FHA reverse mortgage loans are tied to the LIBOR rate with a margin. The margin is what the bank is guaranteed to make. That's typically about two to two and a quarter. So that means uh, the LIBOR is always moving. Um, for the longest time, it's been uh, between one and a quarter to 1.75 over the last four or five years. So not terrible, but it also can shoot up. Um, also, side note, LIBOR is getting changed out. There's going to be a new index that we're working in um, that the Federal Reserve and many in the 
in the global economy feel a lot more secured with. That's the CMT. But for now, um, it's tied to a variable rate that could go up or down. What I would look at were you, though, here's the big question. Can you qualify for a 15-year loan? Do you have income that can be verified that will show you have the capacity to make a new payment? Do you have the ability to look at the debt to income ratio and still qualify? Because maybe you've deferred income. Maybe you've gone off of a salary and into, um, you know, social security and just benefits as you need them. That would be where I'd start. But obviously it's great to have a fixed mortgage for 2.875. You're going to have a payment that's pretty large though. You know, a 15 year loan is a heavy amortization. So we might look at a 30 year loan with maybe a 3.375 rate, a little bit higher in rate, still fixed. And you can make the extra payment every time you need to, Matt, every month. But if you have a couple months where you don't want to make the payment, you have the flexibility. You know, the individual, our listeners would have the flexibility to just drop down to what the minimum payment is. So there's quite a few ways to peel back that onion. Right from the get-go, though, would be analyzation of fees needed and, hey, can you actually qualify? Like, what incomes do we have? Sure. That was one thing I didn't even think about was having to now qualify for that loan, especially in retirement. Maybe they're not working and, you know, those things might not work out well. So do they have an option to pay back inside the reverse then? You can always write a check or pay down interest accrued. You can write a check monthly or pay down interest that's been accrued over time at any time. So you would just get with your servicer on the phone. They would uh, reflect off of what your most recent statement is. They could let you know a total amount you could send in to pay off the interest that's been accrued on the account. Much like a payoff, you just wouldn't pay off the initial balance. You'd pay off the interest portion. And after you do that, you know, you could do that quarterly. You could do that annually. I would recommend getting into the habit of doing it monthly because interest grows on top of interest compounding, right? So it would just be cheaper or more affordable for you to do it that way. Um, The one other thing I was just going to add too is that, um, you know, with a reverse mortgage, there's obviously no payment, but it gives you the access to liquidity, you know, so they don't see that possible dark, dark cloud coming. They're just thinking of controlling their finances, which is prudent. But when you do a 15 year mortgage, you now cut off the hallway to access to further liquidity down the road. Should you need it to age in place? Should you need it for healthcare issues? All the stuff we talk about in our episode library. Sure. Sure. And I think that definitely makes some sense is having that rainy day fund uh, off to the side and being able to use that equity. So, uh, I think those thoughts are really important to keep in mind when you're you know, looking at maybe getting rid of something like this that you've put in place and put fees in for. So right. uh, great ideas, Mike. I appreciate right. uh, you commenting on that. So listeners, uh, today's show is going to be part three of our wealth triangle. Part three is going to be enjoying and protecting your wealth. So we're going to be talking about living well through retirement, how to generate some additional income possibly how to properly leave a legacy, and how to protect your retirement plan. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break uh, from our sp- and hear from our sponsors and have a quick legal disclaimer. And when we come back, we will jump right into that. So listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the market the way it's been, it can be easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my house before the market adjusts to downsize and take advantage of the equity? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience. Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants by calling 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license numbers 0L23991 and 0175 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Okay, we're back, people, and we're glad you're still here. This is the middle segment here of the show. We're going to get right into the meat and potatoes. And like Matt said before the break, we're going to talk about um, enjoying and protecting your wealth. One of the first bullet points to focus on is living well through retirement. I think many of my clients, uh, they get into retirement. They're excited about that first year. They end up spending about 25% more than what their budget says they will because they've got the we I'm free mentality. You know, yep. and then after that, it's like, all right, maybe we should kind of tighten the, the belt a bit and, um, you know, grind this thing out. Because if every year is like this, we're going to have to go back to work. Um, I think that's a natural progression. But what I what I mean by living well, from what I see with my clients in retirement is, you know, giving yourself many different options, diversifying your ability to access the equity on your balance sheet. Now, Equity is not just in the form of real estate. It's obviously in, you know, equity you'd have um, in, you know, maybe a business, uh, maybe you have equity in investment properties, maybe you have equity, just purely leftover equity in your checking account, savings account, you know, your 401k, but um, tapping into the equity in your home, um, if planned correctly, will I like to use it as a way to not touch the other assets in my portfolio. So when I sit with clients that are thinking about, okay, I've got, I've got securities. I unfortunately have to sell those to access some of that money. Certain things are more complicated, illiquid to, to access equity. Whereas a reverse mortgage or a home equity line of credit gives you a, uh, a, a set amount of years where you just write yourself a check. Yep. Now, what I love about accessing this equity is there is no income recognized during the point of pulling on it. 
This is a loan against your balance sheet. It's a loan against what you own. It's not you, you know, selling something to make money. Um, therefore, it's not something you have to plan for with tax liability if it's coming from the equity of your home. However, I think what people need to know with the new um, Trump reform on taxes that took place in January 1st of 2018, most of the equity that you access in your home now, if it's through a HELOC or a home equity line of credit or even a cash out refinance, if that money isn't going right back into the improvements of your home, you cannot write off uh, that interest on your taxes for a primary residence. Now for real estate, that is an investment property. That's a business and interest is a business expense. But when you do a reverse mortgage, most people don't think of this, the interest that's accruing on your account, and I might di digress a little bit here, but I wanted to just bring this up. This is the, this is a key way of why I think tapping into equity in your home is a, is a great way to, to, to um, continue to live well. This interest isn't a write-off because you don't write any checks for that interest at the time. It's just staying against the loan on your house. When you would have the option of writing off the interest would be if you go to do a refinance and pay off that loan with a new conventional loan. If you sell the house, Matt, then you pay off. Naturally, you would pay off the loan on the house to clear title before you give it to the new buyer. Sure. That point in time, you would get a large interest form to write off your interest. Um, so that's just a sidebar, but back to living well, I think what's great about tapping into the equity of your home is the asset itself, albeit 600, 500,000, if growing at the average of 5% per year, I mean, that is yielding you another $30,000 a year that you can tap into, yep. you know, that's giving you an, uh, at, you're seeing growth, whether you need the money or not. As you use more of that equity, you're, you're hoping to not have uh, situations where you have to sell something. So living well in, it could be a variety of things. I mean, it could be accessing the cash to, um, you know, take on a, mo a mobile home. Maybe you want to buy a motor home. Uh, you know, that's a $70,000, $80,000 expense that you would have had to pay interest on and payments sure. for on maybe a 15-year mortgage and you went down and bought it from the, the retail uh, car dealership, you know, they're going to have their own bank. You might see a payment in the avenue of 700 to $900 a month, you know, sure. that could be crippling you on your other housing payments. When you use it as for reverse mortgage, you just would write a check to that company that's selling you the asset. And then you would have to calculate inside your own um, mortgage, what the interest would be on that. It's likely going to be quite a bit less than what the payment would be. You're not writing a check for it. So that is a way to get around affecting cash flow and getting out and having fun with your loved one or spouse or family members or grandkids. Um, yeah. And I mean, uh, another thing, Mike, is like uh, a lot of retirees that I meet with, they've got these cars that they've had for, I don't know, five, 10, 15 years, and they just keep putting the bandages on it. Right. Yeah. So really what I think we're trying to say here is make sure that you're enjoying your retirement, right? We worked all these years yep. to get to this point. You don't want to be at this point and be scrambling to figure out how you're going to make ends meet. So if we've got those listeners in here that are maybe still in part one of the triangle where they're building their foundation, but want to listen to the show all the way through, this is really supposed to be those golden years that everyone talks about, right? Yeah. So we've paid off the house 
almost maybe depending on where that looks like, right? Tap into that equity so you can really be enjoying that retirement. And that leads us into the the next bullet that we have, we've got here, uh, which is generating more income in retirement. Well, and let me just say it, one thing, cause I think yeah. it's going to, I think it's going to dovetail nicely into what we talk about after the break, Matt. So many times I see people come to me and say, look, we want to access this, these funds, but we're in this conundrum where we also want to leave a legacy for our kids. You know, they feel like if they start accessing the equity in the home, there's not going to be anything left or they're not going to be able to take on the mortgage and really qualify for it. I mean, have a sit down conversation with your kids very candidly and say, look, you know, mom and dad want to have fun. We've earned it. Here's what we're willing to leave behind. Here's what we're going to do with the house. And here's how we leave ourselves some protection if we start to age in place and and health starts taking a turn. But if you just, you know, if you don't have that conversation, living well in retirement can be almost like a stomach ache. You know, you like don't want to live too well because you want to leave something for your kids, but you want to get sure. out there and and, uh, you know, not fear the reaper and make yourself uh, make some more memories for yourself before that last phase of life kicks in. Sure. And you're basically sure. just kind of puttering around the house, staying as healthy as you can. Yeah. And that, again, what I was trying to say there, Mike, was just talking about income a little bit, is leading into what you were just saying. Use that equity in there. But then also, let's start looking at some of these other tools that we've put in place into our retirement accounts. Maybe you have that life insurance policy that you took out 20 years ago that's got some cash value built up in it. You might be able to borrow some of the cash back out of it without affecting the death benefit too greatly and be able to live off that. Again, that's tax-free income again. Yeah. So this is just writing yourself paychecks out of money you already have without creating a tax liability for yourself. Well, the best way to word it, Matt, is it's not income, right? It's not income. It's- You're taking your own money. (laughs) Yeah, you're just (laughs) catching out some of the chips you have in your account. You know, and then again, if- our listeners out there are sitting with annuities that they took out 10, 15, 20 years ago. I see this time and time again. People have income riders on their annuities and they've never even turned them on. And insurance companies love that because there's two parts to an annuity. You've got your accumulation base, which is what's tied to an index or the market, whatever it may be. And then you've got your income account. And most people think, oh, I've got this annuity that's returning 7 to 10% guaranteed. What they don't realize is they have to turn on the income for this thing and actually take a stream of payments over about 18 years for them to actually realize those gains. Hmm. Or you've been paying for this inside the annuity and you're just taking your own money back out of it. So there's some things that you want to be paying attention to on that. And again, we're always here to guide you through any of these scenarios. Feel free to just pick up the phone and give us a call. Again, that number is 866-53-RETIRE. And that's 866-53-RETIRE. Mike, what I'd... Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, you're... I think we're speaking so candidly here because we deal with this all the time. But just for some listeners that may not uh, be aware, let's say someone has a universal life insurance policy with $40,000 in cash value. If they wanted to touch that, how would that work? Would they have to like reduce their death benefit by a certain amount? Are they only allowed to touch a certain amount? Because, you know, what they want to be careful of is that it still continues to be a benefit, right? Sure. And that's one of the things that every carrier is going to be a little bit different with. 
what I would recommend you do is to call in to that insurance company and figure out with that. What they'll do is they'll look at their actuarial table and figure out when they think you're going to die and say, okay, based upon that, we need to leave X amount of dollars of cash inside of this to continue paying for the premiums inside the policy. So maybe it's 50%. Yeah. Um, and then you can take out the other 50% either in an income stream or a lump sum payment. So again, the options there may be limited depending on how the insurance company is set up. Uh, but consult with them, consult with us. We're happy to help with that as well. Yeah, maybe you get to the point where, I mean, what you're talking about is two two of these parts of the triangle, right? Growing and protecting your wealth. So you want to pull out enough to live well, but you want to leave enough in there so that if it, if it just needs to eat up whatever the premium is per month, you can turn off your premium, right? Mm-hmm. So Matt, you could stop paying the $200 a month right away and have a conversation with them that says, look, I don't want this thing to lapse. I want it to continue forever. How much can I take out today and still let it grow, the cash value grow enough to pay the premium for another 10 years? Yeah, 15 years, whatever you think your life expectancy is going to be. And then the worst thing is, let's say, and I shouldn't say worst thing, but worst case scenario that could happen would be if you live past that, the insurance company is going to reach out to you and say, hey, if you want to continue this policy, we're going to need payments now. So it's not like you're going to just totally give up the coverage. They're going to give you an option yeah. if it does get to that point. So there's some safeguards in there for you as well. Sometimes you've gotten to the point where you don't need the life insurance anymore and you can just close out the account, right? Exactly. And, exactly. and then you pay income only on the gains or like the interest, the, everything but the principal? Correct. Or if we can roll it over into, let's say, an annuity, we can do what's called a 1035 tax-free exchange. So basically, we could roll that cash out from the life insurance policy. You'd pay no, uh, you wouldn't Income pay any taxes, tax. yeah. right? And then it can get rolled into an annuity where you're, you're getting a steady stream of payments from this that you'll never outlive. So I have had some clients do that. They've realized, hey, the death benefit uh, really isn't worth it. We've put enough money into this policy where we've basically self-funded. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and roll this thing over and mm-hmm. start taking some payments from it. So there's definitely some ways we can structure that. So what's to stop them from using those those monthly payments they receive from the annuity to pay their mortgage or you know, to pay down their, their principal on something else? Again, we're talking about the tip of the triangle here, enjoying and protecting your wealth. I think if we can generate the income, you can enjoy and protect wealth however you want to do it. And if that's going to be the way to help you sleep better at night and make those mortgage payments, by all means, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. So um, in our notes here, you say RM payments. Did you touch on those already? Yeah. No, that's, I was just talking uh, earlier with, uh, for income using reverse mortgage for payments. So that's ah. what was my RM. So ah. sorry for my abbreviation no sometimes. Problem. No problem. Um, listeners, uh, what I want to do now is go ahead and take a break. We've been touching on a little bit about, you know, leaving a legacy, um, an estate for these beneficiaries. And I think there's going to be some things that have came up with that secure act that I was talking about earlier in the show that all of you need to be aware of and plan accordingly for. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we return, we will discuss our last two bullets, which is leaving a legacy and protecting your retirement plan. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for more Smart Retirement Podcast. 
Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 124-6224. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the way the market's been, it's easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer? It's simple. Get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Welcome back, listeners, for the end of part three of our Wealth Triangle of the Smart Retirement Podcast. Uh, we're going to wrap up today's show talking a little bit about leaving a legacy and kind of how, how to protect your retirement plan, which I think kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, one of the things we were talking about earlier in the show was this new SECURE Act that came out at the beginning of the year. And some changes that have been made there that I think are going to impact a lot of our uh, current retirement plans. So again, we always stress with creating a plan, but making sure that these plans stay updated. Uh, and this is one of those things that we try to do with all of my clients, but especially to all of our listeners, is try to keep you up to date on any new changes that are happening in laws and things. So back in the early 2000s, there was a thing going around for seminars and they were talking about stretch IRAs. And what a stretch IRA was, was essentially a way to pass your IRA to a non-spousal. And when I say non-spousal, so not your husband, wife, et cetera. Um, so basically your children, grandchildren, whatever it may be, you were able to pass that asset off to them and they could take payments from it over their lifetime to help reduce the tax burden that they may receive on that account. So through this new SECURE Act at the beginning of the year, They've kind of taken that away from us. So now with a non-spousal beneficiary IRA, what has to happen is you actually have, or you don't, 
your beneficiaries will be forced to take the funds out of the account over a period of 10 years or less. So you can only imagine if, let's say you've got a million dollar IRA, they're now at a minimum having to take out $100,000 a year. What's that going to do to their tax scenario, right? So I think it's very important to be aware of some of these changes and how it's going to affect your beneficiaries, right? So going back into the conversation Mike made earlier of, you know, maybe dive into the equity and leave the kids the money. Well, it might make sense to do it the opposite way too. Live off of your assets and leave them the home because it might transfer better. Who knows? Again, that's why it's crucial to be sitting with experts like Mike and I or the current experts you're working with, whatever field that it may relate to, uh, to be discussing these types of things. The other thing I wanted to bring up when we're talking about leaving a legacy is if we're looking at a tax burden. Currently, most retirement plans that I see when they come into the office, the account is set up as the primary beneficiary being their living trust account. And that's smart because one, it's going to go out and be passed to the beneficiaries and you only have to update the trust document to ensure that it goes to the places you want. But what now is going to happen is you've opened up a new way for the IRS to get into your beneficiary's pocket. So what ends up happening is for any amount over, I think it was like $70,000 and change, anything over that makes the asset that are being passed go to the highest current ordinary income tax bracket, right? So say 38%. Um, so let's say you pass this asset and you normally, the beneficiary is going to take it at their norder, normal ordinary income bracket, whether it be 12, 22, 24, et cetera, they would be paying tax at that rate. If it is given to them through a settlement within the trust as the beneficiary, they're automatically going to be ratcheted up to right now about 38% in federal taxes. So things to be looking out for here, contact your investment advisor that's got your IRA's account set up and make sure that your beneficiary designations are are spelled out properly. And what I mean by that is if you're married, you're probably, uh, most people are going to have their spouse as their primary beneficiary. And then they have contingent beneficiaries listed inside their trust. So same thing, how it is laid out in your trust, you want to mimic on that beneficiary designation on the uh, IRA, whether it be uh, just an investment account, or let's say it's even in an annuity, is making sure that your spouse, if that's who you want it to be, is listed as your primary. And then each individual um, secondary beneficiary should be listed, or contingent beneficiaries was the word I was looking for. Contingent beneficiaries should be listed out individually in the percentages that you're planning on to avoid this higher tax. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, that goes right back into our smart planning discussion that you and I have so frequently, Mike. So you're trying to get each beneficiary, if you can, to be under 70000 or that figure that triggers? No, no, no. The, the, the estate in itself. So if the let's say the estate in itself is listed and the estate in it, it has more than 70000 the beneficiaries in there are automatically going to be, it doesn't matter how much each individual beneficiary is getting. So if the estate's worth more than seventy. If it gets paid out through the trust rather than a beneficiary designation that's spelled out properly, you're at that higher tax bracket no matter what. Got it. 
So got it. And most of us that have done proper planning, I'm going to go ahead and assume are going to fall into that category to where their estate's going to be larger than that. So good things to be looking out for. You know, that's what's so great about this. So we started this three part series um, over a month ago, well over a month ago. Um, and when we did it, we wanted listeners to be able to say, okay, I'm going to last year, 2019 was almost flawless. I mean, you could have been, you know, asleep at the wheel. Could have been a monkey throwing darts at a dartboard, picking stocks, right? (laughs) Right. And you would have seen a black number for your return. Um, This year, you know, every year is different, but we wanted you to be able to have a path and really focus on how you're going to plan for retirement based on how you've already planned, maybe tightening up your uh, budget. Maybe it's just focusing on something a little bit different from one of the parts of these shows. Um, But it's, it's giving you some guidance here on what we really see as being the primary things to focus on, you know, so building a foundation, absolutely important. 60% of retirees, um, 60% of your retirement planning needs to be focused on this because with this, you don't get the large adjustments to lifestyle changes because of a way something's positioned, an asset, uh, a house, a rental property, maybe your income, you know, your income itself is, is from working is the biggest thing to change usually. The second part is all about growth and protection. You know, we want to grow this wisely. We want to grow these assets, but protect them with things like we talked about long-term care insurance in part two, the right insurance, the right life insurance to have. I mean, maybe you need to, like we talked about in part two, do a uh, refinance your investment properties so that they get paid off quicker. You know, Hmm. we're not really using that extra cash flow right now. We just like to see that we get a check every month. Let's put that back towards the principal. Maybe let's restructure the way these things are amortized. And then this last part here is just to kind of, it's the icing on the cake. You know, let's take all these chess pieces we put on the board correctly and let's leverage them so that we can live well in retirement and really thrive and enjoy this part of our life. Because that's really, I mean, if you think about it, you're supposed to be coasting through these years, just pulling, pulling levers, you know? But if you're in that, if you're in retirement and you feel like, man, shucks, I don't have anywhere near part three done. I'm still working on part two, but I've gotten, you know, I feel like I've built a good foundation. That's a great time for you to call in and talk to Matt and I at 866-53-RETIRE. Let's talk through your scenarios. Let's get in touch with each other about what we can do to help you. You know, option one is Matt Hollander with Century Financial Consultants. Option two is Mike Points with Central Coast Lending. I'm your real estate banker in this discussion. Let's put these pieces together and see how we can help you. One of the guests we're going to have on in uh, late March is an estate planner that works with Matt Hollander on a day-to-day basis. So some of the stuff we talked about today with beneficiaries and some of the trust stuff we talked about in the past, if you just keep kicking yourself in the behind saying, I got to get that done, um, don't wait till that show comes on. Call us now. And, you know, let us use your scenario without naming you in that show, how we how we helped you change things and protect yourself better. Um, again, that number to call in is 866-53-RETIRE. And you can always email us info at smartretirement.com. Very good. One, uh, one other thing I just want to add here, Mike, is, you know, we, we were discussing part two, the growing and protecting your wealth. You know, if you're in that stage, you're listening to this tip of the triangle and saying, okay, I'm just about ready to segment over into there. And 
you know, last week, again, not trying to get into the markets too much, but seeing those types of things happen when you're right on that edge of making that transition uh, can be pretty frightening. So I urge you to take some time, review your current plans, make sure that your investment portfolio is well diversified. And maybe it's time that we take some of those chips off the table and start placing it into safer uh, assets and divesting that portfolio a little bit. So with that, listeners, we appreciate you tuning in for uh, all three parts of this. And let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224. Well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, buy you furniture for your house. Maybe a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman. And if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a K car. A nice, reliant automobile. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy your love. If I had a million dollars, I'd build a tree fort in our yard. If I had a million dollars, you could help, it wouldn't be that hard. If I had a million dollars, maybe we Somewhere. You know, we could just go up there and, and hang out. Like open the fridge and stuff. And there would be foods laid out for us with little pre-wrapped sausages and things. Mm. They have pre-wrapped sausages, but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Well, can you blame them? <laughs> oh, yeah. If I had a...